From our earliest learning, we've been asking why questions. Why does the sun come up each day? Why do we have to brush our teeth? Why do we need to wear seatbelts? Why do we even celebrate Christmas? Why should we set time aside each year to remember that Jesus Christ was born? God sent Jesus to us into humble beginnings. He brought with him a design for peace, hope, love and forever into our world. Why Christmas? God planned it so we could enter in and share gladness and joy this Christmas. Well, how are you doing? Wasn't that encouraging? Awesome. Thanks, Patty. Uh, children, if you don't have your little photocopied book, uh, they are over on the wooden stand. Uh, and mums and dads, if you're happy for the kids to go and get them now, if they don't have them, uh, go and do that. Uh, there's some pencils and colouring for you to use as well. We love having the kids in with us, yeah? But if they start squealing, you just start praying, all right? Uh, could you open to Luke 2? Our focus is on shepherds today. And so as I look, read uh, from verse 8, one should be thinking, shepherd, shepherd, shepherd. What's, what's the purpose of shepherds in the God story in the coming of Jesus being born in Bethlehem? And there were, anybody reading along with me? I'll make it easy for you. Let's put it up. And there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night, kind of what shepherds do, right? And in verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. As we progress today, I want you to grab hold of that line, wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And notice that they don't say anything about Bethlehem. The angels do not proclaim, go to Bethlehem. And at that time, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appears with that single angel. Sky is full of angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. They knew something. And see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. 
And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And in verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I think it's interesting to study shepherds and their role in life. So much of the Bible talks about shepherds in the industry of shepherding. And yet we don't hold shepherds very high when it comes to our current thinking about what's important in our world. I'm fascinated travelling through the Middle East, I've done a couple of times, to see real Bedouin shepherds doing their thing in what seems to be desert country. Because it is desert country. And they're so comfortable in these surroundings. Uh, Middle Eastern shepherds still do what shepherds in the first century used to do. I think even the way that we see shepherding today reflects the imagery of the Bible perfectly. The sheep seem to just follow the shepherd. If you've got your activity packs, kids, you'll see that shepherds, uh, there's an angel that appears to the shepherd on your first page. I think these days the work of shepherds is known more commonly as farmers, certainly in, in our culture. But the actual work focus hasn't changed over the centuries. Our lives would be very, very different if we didn't have shepherds. For instance, McDonald's would only be about vegan burgers and I wouldn't be happy. Uh, it's interesting that shepherds were not rewarded or heralded even. But if you trace back into the Old Testament, we're introduced pretty early to Abraham, kind of big time shepherd, yeah? And then Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and we can add to that significant list, King David and the prophet Amos, all shepherds. And I'd count them as highly respected and dominant people, both then and now. So last week, we looked at the historical and spiritual reasons for Jesus being born in the town of Bethlehem. And today, we're going to discover that the shepherds in the fields were also very tightly connected with Bethlehem. But our question is, why shepherds? So let's dip back into our historical understanding. They were often poor, and we might put them on the list of the least of these if we were creating a spreadsheet of professional and industrial job opportunities. So for a closer look at how they functioned in Bible times, the duties of a shepherd in the desert region of Palestine was really quite complex. And it only paid if you could get an outcome. So I've uh, ministered amongst uh, shepherds, graziers, uh, I've ministered amongst crop farmers and a farmer will tell you today very quickly that some things haven't changed. You only get paid if you get an outcome. So they worked hard. Farmers are at the mercy of weather and markets and you just don't get a say in markets. You have to serve what is happening in the industry around you. 
And shepherds had changed from a family business like it was in King David's day, a noble profession, and all the way back to Abel and Abraham and down the generational lines of Isaac, Jacob, Moses and David. So, But by the time we get to the first century shepherding, it's kind of lost its luster. No longer that noble and defined role that it had been. Shepherds made up the lowest class of people, coming in uh, just ahead of lepers. In the Talmud, which is a collection of interpretations and, uh, and insight from the rabbis, we read these words, no help is to be given to heathen or shepherds. Shepherds were unclean. Their work kept them out of the temple and synagogues for weeks on end. They couldn't observe the Sabbath or spend time on necessary things that make them clean. They could not observe all the festivals and feasts requested and required in Jewish law. They had a reputation as thieves and their testimony wasn't even allowed in court. Yet God calls them, the shepherds, to be the first witnesses announcing the birth of Jesus. I want to try and put that together as we progress. So we've got a pretty hard and often thankless job, dangerous at times, but it's their responsibility to protect these sheep from robbers and wild animals. In the big scheme of things, they're probably not considered very important, particularly if you're a regular and uh, daily attender of the temple in Jerusalem about six kilometres away. No one should romanticise the occupation of shepherds. So they represent the outcasts and sinners for whom Christ actually came. And it was these outcasts that the good news was given first. Rather than announce the good news of the coming and the birth of Jesus Christ to kings and nobles and princes or to the high officials at the temple, God actually had the angels give the royal announcement to what could be described as the outcasts of the community. You know God has a habit of doing that, right? 1 Corinthians 1. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. I think uh, what that says is that it's all about God. It's all about the one who sent the Lord Jesus. No one should ever overestimate their worth before Almighty God. Amen? And there is one line of thought that would indicate these shepherds were not so lowly 
And I want to bring that to you today. Generally, as I've stated, shepherds were seen as lowly. But there are some hints in the scriptural account and in our uh, historical understanding that also point very clearly and indicate the purpose of God in this event. And we have to go beyond the obvious. Why would shepherds be out at night? And some Bible commentators would suggest it's the lambing season. A fellow by the name of Gustav Delman did a lot of research into the region of Palestine, Israel, before World War I. And in his writings, he says, there are three lambing seasons. He discovered three lambing seasons. Early lambs born November to through January, then a February-March season, and then June. So the early spring lambing season is November through January. And in this uh, recording of his events, the events that he observed living in the region, it all happens around the time of the Passover sacrifice, which required one-year-old lambs. So spring lambs born and a year later, they are for the sacrifice. So for Jesus the Messiah to be born in this season as the Lamb of God would be an amazing foreshadowing of his ministry of becoming the Passover Lamb. And the promised Lamb of God would bring redemption to his people. We read in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. And I believe another interesting fact is that there were shepherds who were from the priestly families. It was their responsibility to prepare the lambs for the sacrifices and then bring the lambs properly prepared for the Passover. Research does uncover some interesting facts that align beautifully with the biblical narrative. So there's such a thing as priestly shepherds who would prepare sheep for the sacrifice and as priests knew the scripture really well. Got that point? Knew the biblical account. If they knew the scripture, they knew the prophecies. Shepherds who were from priestly families. Could the shepherds of Luke 2, 8 be priests? So these writings mention lambs who were found in this area being specifically selected as Passover offerings, making it very likely that this area was a common grazing place for the priestly shepherds. On, uh, if you stand on a hill just outside or even if you stand on the Mount of Olives and you look out to Bethlehem, you will, I can't see because my eyes aren't so good, but a guide says, see the shepherds? And I'm like, yeah, I see the shepherds. There's shepherds out there still. What we know for certain is that there were priestly shepherds. That's a thing. They were trained in Levitical law and they inspected all the lambs that were born in the fields of Bethlehem, checked thoroughly for any defect and chosen for sacrifice. 
those precious and fragile baby lambs deemed worthy for temple sacrifice, wait for it, were wrapped tightly in swaddling cloth and laid in a stall for protection, in a manger, if you will. And this is to keep them from bumps and bruises and broken bones and other blemishes that might happen as they wander around the field. So they were nursed. Until they relaxed, rested and grew sufficiently. Wow. Did you pick up on that? They wrapped the lambs chosen for sacrifice in swaddling cloth and laid them in a manger. And it was the normal practice in Bethlehem for these shepherds because the sacrificial lambs had to be preserved unblemished. So we're talking six to eight kilometres away from the temple in Jerusalem. Bethlehem was the perfect geographical place. And Micah 4.8 is absolutely amazing all of Micah in its prophetic detail. But it talks about the tower of the flock in this very place, in Bethlehem. It talks about this watchtower of the flock. It is real. Bethlehem, as we said last week, was no mistake. And Joseph probably took them there purposefully when there was no room at the inn. The Lamb of God that would be led to the slaughter, as Isaiah 53 speaks, was born at a place all other lambs for sacrifice was born. Isn't that amazing? And no mistake. So if the shepherds of Luke 2 and 8 were in fact priests, it might also explain how the shepherds knew where to go as the angels never mentioned a particular place when they made that announcement. They head off to Bethlehem. Luke 2.15 says, When the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord told us about. When did the angel say, go to Bethlehem? It's not in the account, if you look carefully. But they knew. Why did God make the most important announcement the world has ever heard to a group of shepherds? Because he knew they were going to be dependable. God gave the good news to shepherds, and these shepherds take the message and they received this good news. And I guess the question too is, what were they going to do with it? What would we do with it? They responded in obedience. They received the message in faith and they responded to it in obedience. Just consider that they, do knew, they did know Micah. They knew the prophetic scripture. So they weren't so surprised after such an announcement and they hustled because they were so excited, a news of great joy. It's not hard for me to imagine that they scooted the whole way. They just came just as they were as well. They didn't put on clean cloth or go through any ritual. They didn't even bring gifts. 
They just went without hesitation. Luke 2 and 16. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had told them about this child. It was just as the angels had told them. Now the shepherds took the place of the angels. There's a transformation that goes on, a transition if you like. The shepherds are now the messengers. You know the word for angel is you and Galleon. It basically says you are the messenger. The angels were the messengers from God and they transferred the message and now the shepherds are the messengers. Isn't that beautiful? And what did Jesus say right before he left the earth and ascended to heaven? Carry the message to all nations. Amen? So, shepherds, you've done a great job, but now we're all on the job. The shepherds returning in Luke 20, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and seen, just as they'd been told. They gave glory and they praised Jesus, the Messiah. God sent the angels to make this announcement to the lowest among us and trusted them to deliver. Whether or not they were priestly shepherds, they carried the message of the arrival of the Saviour. And in some ways, we're like shepherds. We have a simple task. We're entrusted to do it with a level of dignity and trust and diligence because God has given us this message that the Saviour has come. What's Christmas about? Love, joy, hope, peace. Gifts are in there somewhere, right? But the real message of Christmas is that Jesus has come. Amen? And therefore, he has come with a message given the message to his church, the family of God, and we are to share with our families and their families. How will we respond to this message? What will we do with this gospel that we've been given? Will we accept it with great joy? Will we tell it to all who will listen? Will we embrace this Saviour who is Christ the Lord, Christ Jesus the Lord? Or will we move on with our lives and leave the baby lying in the manger? The shepherds didn't. They proclaimed the good news. They went away praising and glorifying. And today, all today's about is thinking, why shepherds? I could say, who's your shepherd? I could say, are you someone's shepherd? We discovered last week that God was very specific and purposeful about Jesus being born in Bethlehem. So I believe there's an equally important role that shepherds play in the Christmas narrative. God deliberately makes the birth announcement first to shepherds without error without error and he offers salvation to people 
who don't deserve it. Also, salvation, or the right way, I think, to talk about that is entry to real life. Salvation is entry to life, God's life. So let me say it again. Real life came through death. In the old sacrificial system, you had those lambs prepared for sacrifice. And as Jesus comes, the paschal lamb is born and prepared for sacrifice. A once for all sacrifice. In Matthew 16 and 24, Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. We have come to the third week of December. We want to be sure that our focus and our hearts are on Jesus during this Christmas holiday time. It's a tragedy when God's people are not focused on him. It is not our job to be the carers or the keepers of those who are not focused on Jesus. It is our job to be focused on Jesus. Isn't that true? And then the message that's in our hearts that's about joy and praising and glorifying will just ooze from us because of the joy in our heart. So often we get a little consumed that that person should have joy, that person should have joy, that person should have hope. No, this person should have joy and hope. Amen? The good shepherd is what Jesus calls himself. In John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And in verse 15, just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I think shepherds are very, very, very purposeful in the Christmas narrative. We are the sheep. He is the shepherd. He laid down his life for us. Jesus died for you and me that we might be able to have a relationship with God free from sin and guilt and shame. This Christmas... Let's be the shepherds. Is that all right? That cool? Let's just be shepherds. Uh, you go to the shopping centre, there's lots of sheep. <laughs> all these sheep need a shepherd. We have a good shepherd and he has given us an assignment. Let's love on people this Christmas. Would you stand with me for prayer? just want to conclude today with prayer and say to the children, thank you for being little shepherds. <laughs> Thanks for being so cool. We didn't, 
Oh, well, um, I shouldn't say we didn't need to pray because you weren't yelling out, but we are praying all the time, weren't we? Father, we love you. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the joy. We thank you for the anticipation. We, we know that this Christmas is pretty busy or busier for some than others. Uh, we've got many families that are travelling south. Uh, Lord, there's transitional stuff that's happening. There's some families that are travelling north and into Townsville. We pray that this Christmas is a time of blessing where we can be the shepherds with the UN Galleon, the, the message on our heart and share the truth in our families and across our community and into this world. Thank you for sending the message of the arrival of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, first to shepherds who were obedient and responded just as they were, without any fanfare and just doing what they were called to do. May we follow their lead to the glory and the hope and the joy of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen.